0: Hey, everybody, it's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. On today's episode, I am interviewing Frank Rich. That's his actual name, Frank Rich, uh, which is a pretty cool name, if you ask me. He is the host of the Superhuman Life podcast, uh, which, um, well, that kind of explains itself, doesn't it? Um, He's also a former bodybuilder entrepreneur, he's a men's health coach, and he helps guys get free of pornography. So, all-around cool guy um he and I got connected probably about a year ago I interviewed on his podcast and um I want to have him on you know uh in some ways you could hear this and say like oh great it's just another coach who you know helps people get free of pornography and I'm sure he had some struggle with porn and he overcame it and now he uses what he learned to help other guys get free and da 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 like that's great Sathya we've heard this story a hundred times but the reason I brought Frank on is not just to get another story of recovery. Although personally, for me, like I never get tired of those, but um, I brought him on because he has a very different angle, and I don't just mean like he, you know, maybe he's got a different kind of educational background or whatever. But he really integrates spiritual discipline and fitness, uh, physical fitness, into the recovery process, and it takes us a little while to get there into into the episode uh, or the interview rather, but. When you do start to hear his philosophy, you're like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. There's, there's actually a, a lot of thought he's put into his methodology. And um, if you follow him on Instagram, which I highly recommend you do, uh, his accounts in the show notes, you just see some great stories. Like the results really do speak for themselves. So I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. Um, I will give you a warning. This is like a very story-based interview. We don't get into the expertise and his philosophy and his system until probably like two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of the way through the podcast. Um, I just wanted to listen to a story first, you know, because I think um, there's a lot of interesting elements to it, and the VIP guys afterwards were like, oh my gosh, that story, wow, like, They just, they were raving about it. So I'm really glad I did it that way. Uh, but I will let you know, you know, sometimes in our interviews, we just cut straight to the chase and we really start to harvest the expertise from our guests. This one, we just took our time getting there. So uh, I'm going to read Frank's um, bio properly. I promised him I would do that. And this is going to give you a good framework for what you're into. Uh, we'll cue that glorious intro music and we'll be on our way to an interview with Frank Rich. So here's the deal. Frank Rich is a former bodybuilder, entrepreneur, and men's health coach and the host of the Superhuman Life podcast. After living with and battling addiction, depression, and anxiety for almost 20 years, he is now on a mission to help men who are suffering from the same issues take back control of their lives through the power of faith and fitness. Frank has helped thousands of men transform their physiques through his online coaching platform where he he provides content, programs, and services to men looking to build more muscle, drop body fat, and build their greatest bodies. He's also the founder and the CEO of the Rebuilt Recovery, a company based on growth-centric holistic approach to addiction recovery. Uh, Rebuilt Recovery provides fitness training for men going through recovery, as well as one-to-one coaching for men aiming to break free from porn addiction. That's where a lot of the breakthroughs happen, um, he was telling me. And Frank's goal is that by being open and transparent with his struggles and having real and raw conversations with others who have overcome adversities, that he he can empower you to face your darkness, take control, and ultimately create the life you've always dreamed of, your own superhuman life. Here's my interview with Frank Rich. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives, and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right, well, I'm here with Frank Rich of The Superhuman Life, and I had the privilege of interviewing on Frank's podcast, I I don't know, maybe about a year ago, uh, something like that. And um, it's really cool, like a fellow brother in Christ and somebody who's really uh, working quite diligently to help guys overcome porn. So I'm super excited to have you here, man. I feel like we have lots we can talk about. Um, welcome to the podcast, Frank. Great to have you, man.
1: Yeah, man, grateful, grateful to be here. I think it was about maybe six months. I don't think it's been a full full year since since we had you on. But yeah, okay. that conversation um, has done incredibly well. And and I'm looking forward to diving in here today and and serving you and in, in the audience and in the men of, you know, your world here. So so thank you and, and grateful for the opportunity today. Yeah, yeah. And we were
0: we were just talking right before we hit record, but your podcast has done really well over the last couple of years. And uh, you had one of my favorite people of all time on there, Dr. Caroline Leaf. So I think it's um, it's amazing what you're doing, and um, the more you kind of get into the space, like, you know, the porn addiction recovery space is not massive, um, but it is cool that as you get to meet more people, you know, everyone's got their own story, everyone's got their own kind of angle and, and their own secret sauce, I think, that gives them something unique to offer, uh, you know, the plethora of people out there who are struggling. Your story has uh, a lot of fitness, a lot of uh, spiritual disciplines, mindset stuff kind of integrated, and we're going to get into all of that. But um, there's a huge story behind, you know, how you even wound up here. And I think that story needs to be told. So I wondering if you can just take everything back because long before you got into any of this, um, fitness was really your main thing. And I'm wondering if you can just tell us a little bit about your upbringing, growing up and, and how it kind of led you on that path first to fitness before uh, you became a porn addiction recovery coach.
1: Absolutely, man. Um, and, and thank you once again. But, uh, you know, one thing you, you said there, it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're in a, you know, we're in a small niche, you know, this is not something I even, you know, two years ago, if you asked me if like, there's something even existed, I probably would have said, No, like, there's not a there's not a community or space or, or industry that is serving these men. But, but it's been really cool, when I was having a conversation with somebody just last week, you know, as I've grown, and you know, really planted my flag here is like, this is what we're doing. And you know, we're looking at kind of a long, a long run here with with my company. Um, you know, get people that like, did you see so and so? Or hey, you should check out this person stuff. And one thing I struggled in the, in the fitness community is, as I was trying to build my fitness company, is, is is I became like a second version of people that inspired me. I was just regurgitating the things that that I were lear- that, that I was learning. And what I've really tried to do here um, is just speak me. Like, I just, I just show up every day authentically as, as myself. And, and where I'm going with this is the conversation. Like, Oh, did you see so-and-so like, I think that, you know, what they're doing could really benefit you. And I had to kind of shut that personality, somebody I highly respect, but I have no interest in really consuming what other people are doing. Cause I know the people that, that are going to resonate with your message may not resonate with, with mine and, and the people that, that, uh, you know, resonate with, with Drew's or, or Dr. Trish or, or some of the other people like we each have. There's enough men in the world right now struggling with this issue for each one of us to build a very big, successful community. And that's what I try to do is is I share me. So what what you're going to get today is is the authentic version of, of Frank. But um, yeah, I guess to kind of go back, you know, what was the catalyst for me to get into health and fitness? So um, I think it's important to maybe Add some context, just with my age, because I think it's going to add a layer of of, of understanding um, with some of the things that have happened in my life. So I just turned 38 a few months ago. Um, so I grew up, you know, 80s, 80s, 90s baby here here in the states. Um, completely different world than than obviously what we what we live in today. I was a very sure. active kid. You know, grew up as an athlete. You know, my dad my dad was a college uh, defensive end. Um, so sports were something that were very big in in our family now with all that being being in mind I wouldn't say that we we followed like the the healthy the healthiest um eating habits you know we all were taught this kind of food pyramid and I can kind of go deep into debunking that but I don't think that's where we want to really spend our time today so we ate kind of your general you know sad diet standard american diet you know uh we weren't we weren't poor by any means but we didn't we didn't have everything you know probably a lower middle middle class family here here in the states. so we did my parents did well with 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 what they could so we probably you know consumed a lot of highly processed food i know we consumed a lot of highly processed food so where this leads me to is from a very early age um i I developed a little bit of self-confidence issues. And I actually recall a very specific summer. It was right around the time I was 12 or 13 years old. Um, I have I have a cousin who's about a year older than me and I spent that summer down South. So he lived in Miami, I was, I was living in Tampa and I spent almost the entire summer staying at his place. But as somebody who was a little bit older, like he was a little bit more physically developed. Um, and there was also females around that, that first summer. It was kind of my first um, exposure to kind of like pools with girls and, you know, Exposing your skin and taking your shirt off, but I remember it very vividly. Is is I was embarrassed to take my shirt off an entire summer, Um, and I got picked on, you know, quite 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 a bit. Um, So right then and there, like I made I made the decision, like I will not let um, the unwillingness of taking wanting to take my shirt off or the fear of taking my shirt off be something that I that I dealt with. So this is around thirteen. You know, I got home that that summer and. You know, I was, I was into wrestling. I was into, you know, athletes and, and superheroes. So I'd always admired those type of physiques, but around 1415 I, I picked up the first, you know, bodybuilding magazine. Um, at 16 I, I purchased Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, encyclopedia of, of bodybuilding and I dabbled a little bit in, in weight training uh, through my high school years, you know, it's kind of like to help me with with sports, but um, the minute I graduated high school, I moved away from home. I left a I left small town that I was living in just north of Tampa, moved closer to the university where I was going to be attended, and I literally lived in the gym that summer. i would worked out two, okay. three times a day. Um, I ate the protein, you know, I did all the shakes bodybuilding.com was just kind of now becoming a thing. So I was always on the forums, always reading the articles. Like I had a 24 hour gym membership. So like if I had trouble sleeping, like I'd go to the gym, like in the middle of the night, wow. in a matter of months, like I just literally like everything about my body changed so much to the point, like when I returned to the small town, it's like people didn't even recognize me. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and that showed me just the power of you know, consistent work and, and discipline, like the ability to change the way you look in a very short window of time. It's kind of like, oh, okay, well, I understand that now. Um, then I, you know, and I kind of felt, fell in love. I fell in love with the process of transformation and got my first, uh, you know, personal training certification around 2021. Um, I didn't start in, I didn't start, you know, really pursuing the career in fitness right then and there. Um, Cause I had already, had, had landed a very successful sales job. So I left university, I only did like two semesters um, at school and got into kind of the workforce. Um, you know, I, me- let me just
0: pause you there for a second. Is that okay? So yeah. Um, okay, so you've, so you've kind of like, you developed the self-esteem thing at a younger age around kind of body image, that sort of thing. You've gone to university, did sales for a little bit, but then you're also developing this passion for, for fitness because you're kind of seeing like how radically things can be transformed in a short period of time. Mm. Is is porn in the mix at all? Um, is faith in the mix at all? Can you just comment on those parts because I I know there's probably some parallel stories going on here at the same time.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah. So porn, we got to go back prior to um, even that summer at, at 13 years old. So I laid the context out there about my age because my exposure with pornography was around six or seven. Stumbled across you know mm-hmm. dad's dad's magazine. Um, and it wasn't Playboy, and I think it's important uh, to address that. It wasn't, you know, nude images. It was hardcore graphic, um, you know, like Hustler-esque type, t- t- type of magazine. So wow. um, first, you know, first exposure was kind of like a sense of curiosity, like, whoa, like why does that, that body make me feel kind of kind of this way, you know, we steal dad's magazines, you kind of hide them under, you know, under the mattress. Um, still back then, like kids would go out and like play like in the woods. So we had tree houses and forts. Um, so it was always there there with us. Um, then we get into middle school, you know, you kind of start having conversations with other boys as we're kind of maturing and growing physically, um, you stumble across masturbation. And it's like, okay, like, wow, that actually feels like really, really good. Let's start kind of, you know, playing, playing around with that. Um, then at, at 15 16 um what's kind of the rise rise of the internet i mean i literally remember like getting the first computer um in our house and it's like probably within 30 minutes like i found found naked pictures online and it's like okay like yeah. now this thing is going to give me like all of this like let's let's go all in i mean it, it got to the point when you know i was in in high school like i'd go into chat rooms with, like fake profiles and personas like trying to fish images from other people sharing images that weren't even mine i download a picture off of the internet and send it to somebody like oh this is me now you send me uh, a picture back um so yeah the porn introduction was was very young um, and it stayed with me that, that entire time. So yeah, while I was in high school, you know, consuming a lot of porn while, you know, graduating and, and going to school, consuming a lot of porn while working in that sales, uh, sales position. So this is when probably I became aware that I, that I had a problem it was around, you know, 21, 22 years old for me, I was working for a wireless company. Uh, called the Mobile Solution. We're the largest uh, T-Mobile distributor in the world. We had like 450 locations. We were doing 80 million uh, a year. But we were like the kiosk guys, the kind of the aggressive salespeople that are hooting and hollering at you. Yeah, right, right. I was one of the first people to have a BlackBerry. And and BlackBerry changed the game because you could access full web browsing 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Before then, like you had to be in front of a computer. But now I could take a break in the middle of the day. You know, I could go up to, you know, because I worked in shopping malls. Uh, you know, I could go to a Dillard's where it has a very private restroom and you know If you catch the timing right you'll be in there by yourself and you go into the back corner It's like a handicapped stall, which is like the size of a small apartment um, So I'd be consuming pornography like during working hours, you know I take a break like some people would take a smoking break I would take a porn and masturbation break just throughout throughout the day multiple multiple wow. times. So yeah, so that that was there um, With me and from was a it- very very young age. Was it like baked in because I know like
0: some sales environments can be very much like uh, you work super hard, you go to your sales calls and then like you make a trip down to the rippers to kind of like take the load off after a busy day. Was was it, it baked into that? Or I'm even thinking like obviously you're going to the gym more working out. That's kind of worked that. like we know what goes on in locker rooms. Um, people exchange can, can exchange content there, the locker room talk, that kind of thing. Like were there other parts of your life feeling it as well? Or was it more private and individual?
1: yeah well i would say have you ever seen the movie boiler room
0: no heard of it but haven't no heard.
1: okay it's uh it, it it's, it's, it's it's a very high stakes sales environment in a uh in kind of a wall street-esque setting um but this was a movie we, we taught like we showed to our trainees um wow. this company was built it was built off of young aggressive um you know uh, articulate, are very well articulated young young men, um, just like myself. I didn't come from, from great money. By the time I was 21 years old, I had made more income in one year than any person in my family had ever made. Um, so the attractiveness oh. of, of that success was fueled with a lot of drugs and alcohol um so those are parts of my story that, that i don't always address because I, I struggled with some other substances i don't know if i was ever really a drug addict um but i definitely had bouts of you know throughout my life where i was you know i would, I would do coke every day you know it would go two three days without sleeping just to be able to show up and stay at work wow. so i'd say probably that work environment fueled a lot of those other behaviors more than than the porn side um, my fitness during, during like a four year stretch from about 21 to 24 kind of took a backseat for me. I'd had a radical transformation in, in those first three years, 18, 19, 20, when I started making a lot of money, it was like, okay, let me do enough health. Let me do enough training just to kind of keep the look that I have, but it wasn't the main priority. Cause like at, at that point, like I was just, I was in awe about the amount of money that I could make. Just working, so I yeah. really dedicated. I was working 60, 70 hours a week, and then when I wasn't there, you know, being in a mall again. Once one thing that every mall has, or for the most part, has a bar attached to it. So we'd shut them all down, and then we'd go right to the bar. So it really created this this very toxic, non healthy environment that I was just living in. You know, having great money as well. You know, Saturday night would be strip clubs, bars. You know, VIP bottles, tables. Like, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I. I've done things that most young men look at as like, that's the dream life. I, I've lived all that, you know? I've, mm. I've it sounds really bad to say, but like I've, I've hung out with strippers. I've had them at the parties. You know what I mean? Like And, yeah. and I don't say that as a way to like impress anybody because there's nothing oppressive about it. Um, but the, that was the life that that I was living from about 22 to 24, 25 that's and wild. And then everything kind of came crashing down because like I said, I, I was a drug, I had a drug problem and the drug problem ended up costing me that job. So I lost it all. Um, had to return home, you know, kind of swallow all, all my pride, like move in with my sister. Um, what What happened then, by the what, way? What, how did,
0: how did the drugs play into it? Like you just stopped showing up to work or low performance? Yeah. Or so,
1: um, so the story, I mean, I'll just share the entire story. So, so by this point I was the, um, the district sales trainer. So I, I did all the sales training for both new hires and management uh, for the entire West Florida market. So Tampa going all the way down to Naples. We had about 14 locations. Um, so my job was to run a weekly new uh, new sales uh, training class. Monday through Wednesday, we'd be in the classroom. Thursday, Friday, we'd take them out into the location. And it was one of those weeks. I, I believe it was a Monday. I'd been on the weekend vendor, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, no sleep. Showed up Monday morning to the class. Um, introduced myself to everybody. I knew who they were because I had had conversations with them the week before. I said, "Hey guys, I'm not feeling well today. Um, I'm going to cut the class short. You know, just go home, and I'll see y'all tomorrow." What I didn't do is I didn't notify um, my my upper you know upper management. Like I kind of kept it a, a secret. A because I knew I was like I was lying. I knew I wasn't sick. I just needed to sleep. So I went home and slept. But ended up happening though is one of the trainees went to one of the stores um, and started talking with one of the managers. The manager found out like Frank canceled training. It get back. It gets back to my my district manager what happened. You told me you you told me you had a great class. Cause I had to send the end of the day report. In end of the in the end of the day report. Um, Class went great today. So, you know, we, we got through all the, the first day modules. This guy was just lying. I was lying my face off to everybody. And he came back in and bit me in the ass because mm-hmm. uh, two days later, the district manager drove down from Tampa. I was living in Fort Myers at the time um, and he had my, my termination letter. He's like, I found out you lied to me. Um, that's not what we do here. There's no there's no debating this. Um, I can't have you as part of my executive leadership if I can't count on you to tell me the truth. Um, so it was, it was a series of poor decision-making, ultimately immature decision-making, but very poor decision-making and lying and not facing it, not owning up to it. That cost me, you know, a six-figure job as a, as a 22, 23-year-old man.
0: Okay, crazy. So then you lose the job, you have to move back in with your sister. Uh, what, what happens next?
1: Yeah. So this is when, when the fitness really becomes like the centerpiece of my life, um, I went like months without getting a job. A for one, because I didn't want to accept anything below where I was, but I didn't have a degree. I had a little bit of experience, but not experience where I could walk into, like, a corporate-based environment and be like, yeah, I'm this young kid, 23 years old. Here's my track record. They're like, well, you work for a shady company, so you don't have anything to offer to us. So I struggled with – that was probably my first bout of real serious dark depression. Like, I didn't want to leave the house, and I didn't. I blew through every single dollar that, that I had saved and literally was living out of um, – I had a five gallon water jug uh, that had just been saving, you know, quarters and nickels and whatnot. Like that became literally the, 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 the last bit of money that I had. I had to take it to one of those things, poured out. I think I had like 150 bucks. Um, Jeez. You know, fortunate, you know, I have an amazing family and they, you know, they never kicked me to the curb. Um, but the only job that I was, was willing to accept was to be a sales associate at a, at a new and upcoming gym. Um, the gym wasn't even open yet like all we had was a sales office but i got a free membership to their other location um and i got to work and do sales which i love so it's like okay so i can reintroduce this passion of fitness that i kind of lost over these couple years i can kind of start getting you know my life back together and you can also enjoy it because you love selling you love communicating you love talking with people so um i accepted that position it was i think i was 24 so this would have been 2007 2008 um and and, and and that job took off incredibly quick. I mean, we, we started hitting sales records. We blew company records as far as like new membership signups. We had the biggest uh, grand opening ever. Uh, but that was where I got introduced to like my first bodybuilding coach. Uh, one of the trainers there um, was very successful out west uh, in his own kind of personal bodybuilding career and then also coaching other individuals. So we just threw mm-hmm. conversations. I was like, hey, Nick, I think I want to do a show. He's like, sure. He's like, you have you know, you have good genetics. You don't have great genetics. You're never going to be a pro, but you have the work ethic. You've laid enough of a foundation. I think there's something that we could do. So, you know, my first bodybuilding prep was 16 weeks long. Um, I ended up, you know, walk, walking on stage in June of 2019, placed third as a novice competitor, which is no wow. big deal. You know, like there was maybe six in my class. Um, so I was middle pack, uh, but that really, you know, lit the fire underneath me to spend the next you know 10 years dedicating a huge portion of my life. Uh, to bodybuilding into training. So I'd had the knowledge and understanding and kind of my first transformation. Then I combined it with this deeper love um and then going through a real, you know, contest prep, seeing once again on the other side, at the same time of succeeding while doing the fitness stuff. So yeah, that was um that was what came out of that.
0: That's cool. Did you did you miss um like I guess the more like rock'em sock'em kind of gritty sales or were you were you enjoying what you were doing? And then I guess my other question is like uh, you had a pretty dark season, um, you know, after getting fired from your job, did, did that cause you to turn to more uh, like porn or drugs or alcohol or were, were you using any substances or behaviors to cope? Uh, how did you manage through that season and what did it look like by the time you're kind of flourishing in this role at the gym?
1: yeah so i would say for one we we kept the gritty sales environment like um, uh we were incredibly aggressive we we launched uh, our grand opening was during the month of december um so we didn't have a lot of traffic foot traffic in the store so we would stand out front of best buy because we're like okay we know where people are going to be they're going to be shopping and we would literally stand there handing out guest passes to people as they're leaving best buy and one of one of our sales associates jeremy i still remember this he was able to convince a lady as she's leaving best buy shopping for her family that she needed a gym membership right then and there. So he got in her car. (laughs) She drove him three miles down the road to the gym to sign up right then and there. So we were still very aggressive and, and very gritty in terms of our sales approach. Um, you know, to answer the question of like, did I, did I seek out any, any, any behaviors, um, porn never, like never left me. So this entire time, like a, for one, because I, I I didn't have a moral compass that, that guided my life. So, you know, I just, cons- I just figured pornography was something that every guy does, which I know is probably where a lot of men that are, that are maybe hearing this. It's like, oh yeah, it's just normal. You're supposed to be doing this. So that's was where I was operating from in terms of like my porn consumption. Um, I probably had to scale back uh, my drugs and alcohol because I just didn't have the money. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I would, I literally, I was, I was in a very dark, seasons. I just, I just slept. I mean, I probably slept 12, 14, 15 hours a day. Um, most, most days. And then a okay. the little bit of time that I was up, I watched porn a few times and sit there in my pity and then go back to sleep. So, you know, it was a very dark, um, dark season of my life.
0: Wow. Okay. Got it. So, um, so things are starting to go well now. Um, like you're hitting sales records. You're, you're like, you're managing. It sounds like life is like not terrible by any means. Like you got a pretty good thing going here. Um, you said you did bodybuilding for about 10 years. Uh, at what point does, does do things transition to you working for a company to kind of running your own thing and and starting to be more of an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah. So entrepreneurship is something that has, I don't know how it's in my blood because I don't have any entrepreneurs in my family, but you know, from other parts of my story, which I told you, you know, at, at the beginning, I can make this thing 90 minutes long. If, if we wanted it to, um, you know, I was the kid, you know, Cutting grass, you know, like I said, we didn't grow up poor. We had what we needed. But if we ever wanted anything more, we had to get it. So I learned how to make money from a very young age, I could push a lawnmower mm. around on a Saturday afternoon and make 200 bucks like that. Um, you know, I was selling, selling candy in, on the back of the bus in elementary school, you know, we'd go to Sam's Club, <laughs> my mom would buy me, she'd buy me the big box of Airheads for like, I don't know, 10 bucks or whatever. Um, you maybe get a hundred or, you know, two. I don't even know how many came in there, but I take, you know, take an entire box and, you know, sell them for a quarter a piece or five a dollar. Um, so even back then, like I understood like packaging, putting offers together, so forth and so forth wow Um, when i left the when i left the the gym i was there for about two years ended up moving into more of a corporate corporate role at this time uh ended up uh, working in uh corporate recruiting um where we were working. We were subcontracted out through, you know, like government contractors, Fortune 500 companies. We were kind of their staffing agency. Once again, very quick success. I mean, within the first, you know, two months, I became the number one recruiter. Uh, got recruited into, got promoted into an account executive role, and then spent about two years there. So this takes us to 2013 when I left that company. In 2013 was when I took the leap into um, entrepreneurship. So okay. I've been, you know, sales background, sales training. And even if I go back to like high school, like I, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. Like, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? That kind of question that you always have to answer throughout school. Like it wasn't doctor, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't lawyer, it wasn't teacher. You know, once I got past the age of, of realizing like I wasn't going to be a professional athlete, um, it was business owner. What do you want to be when you grow up? Business owner. I didn't know what the business was, but I knew I wanted to own the thing. I wanted to be the one calling the shots. I wanted to be the one making the decision. Um, so in 2013, I had the opportunity uh, to do that. I started my first company, which was, uh, ticket builder. Uh, we were a secondary market ticket reseller. So, very similar to like a StubHub model uh, where we provided a marketplace and distribution channel uh, for people to either sell their inventory. Um, and a large portion of our revenue was built around the own inventory that, that we bought. So, I had relationships with local venues. Um, you know, I'd get on these early pre sales, I had early pre sale access. Um, so, I'd, you know, buy up and purchase a lot of tickets to shows that I knew were going to do really, really well, mark them up, you know, sell them based upon what the market was willing to pay. So, I've been in. In the entrepreneurship game you know for for quite a while going back to 2013 all while at the same time you know still struggling with uh at the time still not even thinking that i was struggling with it because once again, sure. i think i just i i think i knew that probably my consumption of it was more than most people i don't think that every guy that i met was you know was going into the restroom at his job to watch it on on a break but i don't know why i didn't think that there was anything wrong with it when i really think about this like this was really poor, like judgment and and, and poor thinking by me. Like I it, it never dawned on me, even even being in relationships with women and and them, you know, catching me and finding me, like why are you why are you looking at this stuff? And then trying to sneak around so that they wouldn't watch they wouldn't find it, deleting history. Like I never like it never really made me feel bad about about what I was doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really interesting. So Um, so you kind of make this transition you're you're not even it's not like you're running a fitness company you're just running like a ticket resales uh brand yeah it was
1: it was purely it was purely for cash like there was there was no um i didn't and and when i get interviewed you know i do a lot of you know i do business coaching today um it's a small part of of what i do but so i go on a lot of business shows and whatnot and and i always say like don't start a business just to just to make money it's there's got to be something rooted in a passion because that company probably failed because of, I didn't enjoy it. You know, I would do just yeah. enough, you know, to maintain the level of income that I had. We, we hit about 560 uh, was our biggest year um, in, in in gross revenue. Um, but I know I could have just pushed the gas a little bit harder and we could have had a million dollar company. I just wasn't willing to do it because, you know, having 560 gross, you know, bringing in about 140 net, it's like that's a really good life. So uh, yeah. I just got complacent and I got lazy. Um, and as the market shifted, um, I wasn't ready for it. And then this actually leads me to starting the fitness company. So that company was in 2013. We had a good, really good three, like first three years, uh, around the end of 2016, I kind of foresaw this industry changing. Just things were getting more difficult due to, um, policies and and regulations. It was harder for us to kind of get into some of the the venues that we, that we were succeeding in. So I knew that it was going to come to an end. Um, but having learned by that point, like don't do something you're not passionate about, um, I wanted my next venture to be, be my passion. So, um, in 2017, January, 2017, I hired a first business coach. So I built that first company kind of just knowing what I know, having a couple of connections and relationships in the industry, but I knew that I needed, if I was going to succeed in the fitness game, like I needed like to buy some time, I needed to accelerate, uh, mm-hmm. the early stages. So I hired, a, I hired a mentor, uh, to help me launch a fitness company. Uh, this is in 2017. So um, sure. July, July of that year is kind of the launch of Frankridge Fitness, you know, Mastatic Muscle, which became our core core product and offering. Um, and in, in that package of like coaching of what I bought, I got six months of one-on-one coaching and then I got a ticket to an event. And that ticket to the event is, is really foundational in this entire story. Um, so I fly up to Toronto. Uh, my first business event ever, you know, I'm no clue what to expect. You know, I'd seen the Tony Robbins stuff on TV. I was like, Is this going to be hypey? Is it going to be big thousands of people? It was like 15 guys, like all in a small conference room oh, um, wow. and the guy, yeah, the guy putting the, 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 the events on Vince, Vince Del Monte, you stole a mentor of mine. I've actually worked with him, uh, to, 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 to this day, um, he brought his dad up right at the beginning of the talk. And, uh, it was, it was, it was something different for me. So you hmm. know, I shared, you know, I shared, you know, a little bit about my life, my upbringing. Um, my dad was there. Um, never left us, you know, without, I just, he was there. I'm not sure if he was always present. Um, so I don't really know. And I love my dad. I had a conversation with him with him this morning. So I don't want this conversation to sound like I'm saying anything negative about him, but, but seeing a grown man, bring his father into his business event to have a talk it was like okay there's something different between that relationship and I just sat there and I kind of you know I kind of processed the room and 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 that's I still do that to this day and I always have like when I'm in a room I just kind of pan and I just kind of like just kind of like to process things and figure things out but what I noticed is is in this specific group there was something different uh uh, about the men about the way that they interacted with each other about the way that they interacted more specifically between Vince uh and Papa Luch, who was his dad um so this this mastermind brings me back to Tampa and it introduced me to another group of uh, incredible men uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a group of guys over at uh, a company called Critical Bench their fitness publishing company um, okay. and 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 what this started was this started a weekly weekly afternoon workout on every single Thursday so by being connected with this group I would now was invited uh, to to this workout and that's where it started it started hey Frank we're all in the fitness game. We're all kind of, you know, supporting each other in the businesses. Why don't you come hang out with us and, and work out on Thursdays? And I was like, okay, great. I love to train. I love, you know, I love getting new ideas. I love being around men. So cool, sounds great. So we started working out. Over the course of like six months, like those workouts then became workouts and lunch. Then it became, Frank, why don't you come and hang out with us on the weekend? So they kind of invited me more into life. Then when I kind of got into their families, it's like, okay, now I see. Okay, now there's something different about each single one of these guys. They're all successful in their life, you know? Kind of that ideal life that 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 I used to dream about, you know, being a lower middle class, being from a broken home. My parents got got separated when I was fifteen. Um, you always dream about, you know, maybe not the white picket fence, but kind of having that kind of like perfect, you know, family. You know, yeah. dad is out at work. He's you know he's he's providing for the family. Mom's home. You know, she's the she's the homemaker. Kids are running around, just always having fun. There's maybe some pets and whatnot. These guys were living that, like, and it was the first kind of exposure that I that I had to it. So I say, okay, like, I, I, I get it. These guys these guys are on to something. I still wasn't able to, to connect the knots. Um, we kind of fast forward everything. So we get about 18 months into me trying to launch or start this business. We're obviously launched, you know, um, but it's not like, it's not taking off. Like my first month in Ticket Builder, I made 17 grand. Like, I I don't think I ever made 17 grand in a month uh, with, with Frankridge Fitness. So I was, I was struggling. I was like, why isn't this breaking through? I had all this other success. Is there something I'm doing wrong? I'm like looking at my, my day-to-day process. I'm like, nope, everything seems to be lining up. I'm taking all the same action that everybody else is doing. And, and I can remember this is this is probably September, early September of 2018, like literally just standing there in the kitchen. I was, I was living with somebody at the time, Stephanie and I were together um and Steph. i don't know like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to make this work like i've tried all these things i'm doing everything that mike is doing i'm doing everything that dan is telling me to do vince is coaching me weekly like maybe this thing isn't for me maybe i'm not going to be successful fitness entrepreneur i was like i don't know i was like all these guys go to church like maybe we need to go to church maybe that's maybe that's the missing piece um, just process about, of elimination
0: okay. like not, no, nothing i was else like hey i'm
1: doing everything else that these guys are doing except for that thing so maybe that's the last thing that i need maybe there's this special thing when you walk into a church and just just to lay some context once again like i wasn't brought up you know with faith in, in our home probably went to vacation bible uh bible school like twice as a kid um sure. but the way that i knew what i was doing is like oh just get out of the house because we don't want you here on the summer you're supposed to be away so, like, we, didn't, we didn't come home and talk about it you know what did you learn jesus this and that none of that happened so when I said that I was I was legitimately like I didn't know what happened inside of a church like do they give you the secret to success like are there are the keys that are handed to you like is that what is that what these guys have yeah um, but my girlfriend at the time she had been raised uh, Catholic and she had a very bad experience it kind of you know she had kind of left the church um, due to that but she didn't say no uh, to to you know to my question like hey maybe we need to try this she goes I could support you in doing that so, so that's important because it was a seed that was planted. You know, we didn't actually act nice. upon it. I don't know why, um, but if you fast forward to October, So one of the guys I'd met in that group, his name is Josh. Um, I'd actually met him at that first event in Toronto. I'd sat at dinner with him and his wife and had a conversation. Why they chose to talk to me out of everybody else in that group, I still don't understand to this day. Um, But I believe that you know, can kind of look back and this was just God kind of aligning, uh, you know, things things all the way back then. But Josh and I had stayed, we had stayed very close um, from that that July 2017 to October. We probably spoke every single week. So Josh knew probably more about me than really maybe even my dad like he knew the struggles he knew the relationship issues he knew the success successes he knew the failures he knew the trials tribulations and he was always there just to listen he was never there to correct me he was always i could always count on him so much to the point where where, we're one time and this is right around that that september october 2018 we're getting off the phone and i'm just i'm like i'm complaining i'm like josh this sucks stephanie is is horrible i don't know what i'm doing with her i want to break up with her this business is going to fail I'm, I'm going to quit the gym. I'm going to quit. Like I'm, I'm literally I'm just bitching. And yeah. and Josh is like, it's okay, dude. I love you, but I got to go by. And I was like, <laughs> so I text him. I was like, did you just tell me you love me. Like it was weird. It was weird yeah. to me back then that a grown man is going to say, I love you. Now I'm going to tell you at the end of today, how much I love you. But, but I literally texted him. I was like, dude, did you just tell me you love me. And he goes, yeah. And that was it. And it's like, Okay, that was really, really weird. So, anyways, Josh, um, he had lived up in Pennsylvania. So, in October of of 2018, he's like, "Hey, I have a business thing that I have to go to in 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 Orlando. I know Orlando is about an hour, an hour and a half from where you're at. I'd really love for you to come over and let's have lunch together while I'm there. I can't make it to Tampa. I can't do that. But if you could figure out how to get over here, I'd really like to take you out to lunch." Hmm. I said, "Absolutely." All I thought was going to happen is we were going to have one of our normal conversations. We'll talk about marketing principles. He'll be there for me to bitch and vent at him. Josh came here with a different plan. So obviously, Josh, <laughs> he had listened to me for for a year and a half. Um, so I pick him up at his hotel. He's like, "Where we're we going?" I was like, "I don't know. What are you in the mood for?" He's like, "I don't just whatever you think." Um, so I know a little bit about Orlando because you know I spent some time there. You know because it's not far from Tampa. I was like, "Let's just head downtown." Um, there's a lot of great restaurants, you know, right there in, in in and around you know downtown Orlando, close to where the Magic play. Um, so he said, "Cool." So we found a parking spot. We're kind of walking. We see We see a street sign. It said Church Street. So I know this is a main street, kind of like in in downtown Orlando. There's clubs. There's restaurants. There's bars. Let's turn on Church Street. Let's see what we can find. So we make this turn onto Church Street. We find this steakhouse, and it's like a Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon, you know, 12, one o'clock. So the the uh, Steakhouse is completely dead. Like, there's nobody in there. So we get a court, like we get a, a booth all the way in the back corner. Server comes over. Can we help you? It's like, yeah, just bring us a couple of waters. We're going to be here for a while. That's what Josh tells me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. What are you doing here? What are you, what are you <laughs> planning, Josh? Um, so as we're kind of sitting there, you know, looking over the menu and whatnot, he's like, Frank, do you mind if I ask you a couple questions? I said, sure, Josh. He goes, How's your relationship with your father? And what do you know about Jesus? Wow. And I was kind of like taken back, like. Yeah,
0: like first you love me, now you're interrogating me about my father. <laughs> like, what's here?
1: Yeah. Um, but the first thing that came to mind was that night in the kitchen, like a month ago. Hmm. Like, hmm. I was like, well, I know Jesus is like, you know, the son of God or something, but I don't really know what that means to me or, 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 or any of this. Um, do you mind if I share a little bit with you? I said, absolutely. And we sat there. I mean, Josh could probably tell you, you know, he. I think he probably remembers a little bit more than than I do, but we probably sat there for two plus hours. He um, just shared the good news, you know, um, the gospel with me and, 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 and who Josh was. And I think because that seed had been planted, like I was ready to receive it, like I'd been seeking it. Um, so at the end of that lunch, he's like, are you ready? I'm like for what he's like are you ready to you know to accept christ into your life And i was like well how do i do that uh he's like well let's let's take care of this he's like we'll go outside you know we'll we'll get you set so we left the restaurant walked across the street uh to a history center um standing outside there you know josh puts his hands and you know we pray together for for the first time um what i didn't know is josh had flown down here with a brand new bible <laughs> Wow. Said, well, I need I need you to drive me back to my hotel now because I have something for you. You know, like what? And like he he had come expect like he knew what he was. He was doing. on a mission. Yeah, he was on a mission from 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 God. I mean, like there's no other way to to, to, to look at it. Um, so that was October 23rd, 2018. You know, the day that the day that I was saved, and I have you know I have the the copy of the Passion translation that sits there beside me. There's a little note you know from Josh in there. The the location of the restaurant on Church Street, the date, and um history was made your life will never, never be the same. Now at the time I'm like, okay, what happens now? Like, okay, now I'm yeah. saved. Like, am I going to wake up tomorrow and, and my life is going to be better? Like, that's what I thought. Um, he's like, he's like, start getting in the Bible, read the Bible every single day. I need you to find a church, get plugged into community. I was like, okay, well, I did none of that. <laughs> um, literally, I did nothing um, for like two months. And Josh is, you know, Josh is amazing. He's checking in. Hey, are you reading your Bible? No, Frank, Just just open it up. I know you don't know what to do. I don't know where you start. Just open it up and let let the word speak to you. Hmm. Okay, so you know a couple months go by. I ended up finding a church here and it just changed change everything for me. So if if we kind of fast forward here here a few months, you know, I kind of start unpacking my life. I'm like, Okay, now as I'm like living a Christian, I'm beginning to kind of, you know, want to really experience the fruits of this like you need to start cleaning up. Your life, like it's not going to happen in in and of itself. Like you got to start making some better decisions. So, um, completely stopped, stopped drinking. By by this point, like I wasn't, a, like I wasn't a, an alcoholic by any means, but I was probably drinking. At that point, I was drinking more than than was healthy because I was trying to mask a lot of the emotions. Probably four or five days a week, um, hmm. I was drinking hard, heavy whiskey. Uh, I was like, you gotta stop that. You gotta, you gotta get yourself back healthy. By this point, my health had kind of taken the back seat, um, probably put on 30, 40 pounds of of unnecessary weight because I'd stopped competing. Um, I was just, I was, once again, I was in a dark, dark place prior prior to October. So I started with, you know, January one, I'm like, I'm gonna stop drinking, celebrated on new year's like an idiot, but whatever. So I made this, you know, I made this radical decision here in, in January, 2019 to go on what's called the carnivore diet so i know all about nutrition i've 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 gone through every diet variation the keto high carb low carb carb cycling i can do it all i can break it all down and articulate it but i knew i needed something different that i never experienced i needed like a quick radical transformation. So I said, if I only eat meat for 30 days, I bet my body will change significantly. Um, So I started doing intermittent fasting and eating only meat. I ate two pounds of beef every day for 30 days. (laughs) I ended up losing 21 pounds in 30 days. And my body fat went from like 18% uh, to just north of 10%. I mean, it was like, I did a better transformation than most people would do in 90 days in a very short window, 30 days time. Um, but what it did is like, it, it removed this layer of like fog from my brain. Like when you understand nutrition and kind of processed food, how it creates inflammation around your brain, like I started to think so much more clearly. I started to just have this like clear focus and drive every single day. So this all the way through January. Now I'm like recommitted to my fitness. I'm like back in the gym, crushing it, shooting videos again, like going all in, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build this fitness company and we're going to succeed or I'm going to die. Like it was, it was all in or, or, or not. But I re- but one thing I forgot to mention is, is right around that same time with Josh, I had listened to a podcast with Michael John Cusick. Uh, my mentor, Vince, uh, Vince Omonti had had him on his had, had him on his podcast. Uh, Michael John Cusick is the author of surfing for God. I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with, with the book. It's an amazing, amazing read, but it's the first yeah. time I heard two men openly talk about their own struggles. With pornography so it kind of planted the seed of like oh there are other men that are experiencing what you do but they're doing something about it they're changing their lives they're taking back control so that had been planted there and I kind of started to do some research You know, I stumbled across Gary's work, you know, your brain on porn. i listened to a couple of the Ted talks, being somebody that, that enjoys fitness and, and understanding the science behind things. I dove deep into like trying to understand what's happening here in the brain. So once again, not doing anything with it, just consuming the information. Yeah. Um, but I also knew that if Steph and I were going to, Succeed in in our relationship, like she needed to know the truth. So this takes us back to the gym at Critical Bench, which was has been a weekly occurrence for me every single week since 2017, almost every single week. Obviously, there's some that I miss, uh, but it was February 14th, uh, so it was Valentine's Day, which was a Thursday in 2019. So at the end of the workout that week, I'm hanging out with one of my friends, uh, Zach, who's a former Marine. He's actually the first guest on the podcast. Um, and we're just hanging out. Like the other guys chose to go to lunch. And for some reason, Zach and I stayed back that day. And um, so we're having a conversation and he's talking about Wim Hof breathing and, and harnessing sexual energy and so forth. Zach is kind of a, you know, he's a spiritual yogi kind of guy. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean harnessing your energy? He's like, what is it doing? He's like, well, it's really helping me stay off of porn. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like explain more of that to me. Once again, I had only heard the one conversation and done a little bit of research, never had a, you know, one-to-one conversation with anybody. He's like, well, Frank, I was addicted to porn my entire time. I was in the military. He's was like five years of being in Iraq and Afghanistan. Like I was consuming eight, nine, 10 times a day. And I was like, wow. Okay. I was like, can I tell you something? That's me. Like, i've been doing this for for 15 20 years and i've been unsure if like if i have a problem he goes yeah dude it's it's a major problem and i was like and you're just like you just stopped like you just like you just quit doing it and you're breathing and it's helping you and he's like absolutely i was like okay yeah. i was like well i think it's time for me to do that i think it's time for me to quit wow but i need two things zach he's like sure what do you what do you need i, said, I, need, I need you to be some accountability." Like, can I, can I call you tomorrow? You know, can I, can you, ch- can you check in on me? He said, absolutely. He said, what's the second thing? I was like, I think Stephanie needs to know. I was living with her. You know, we were like three years into our relationship. We had had conversations about potential future. I was like, I think she needs to know. She knew hmm. that I watched porn because I tried to invite her to consume it with me. But I think she needs to know that it's like, it's actually a problem in my life. Yeah. I was like, you sure? I was like, if I don't, if I don't tell her now, like I'm never, I'm never going to tell her. She's like, all right, bro. So I'm gonna tell her when it, as soon as I get home. So I had about a 40 minute drive home that day. And the whole time, you know, I'm just getting these thoughts. It's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you gonna tell her she's gonna leave you? Like, just keep doing what you're doing. Nobody will ever know that you had this conversation with Zach. Just tell him that you changed your mind, whatever, whatever. So I actually slept on it. I didn't tell her immediately when I got home, but that following morning, sitting there in my office at, at home you know i'm always i've always been an early early riser so stephanie got up you know a couple hours after after me and she's kind of getting ready for the day she's in the bathroom and as i'm sitting there i, like, I took this deep breath i was like all right this is this is the moment so i had to go into the closet because i had a secret computer i had a laptop that nobody else even knew about wow i had dealt with women checking on my history. I was like, it's never gonna happen again. So I'll just have a separate computer that only comes out when I'm at home by myself. She didn't even know it existed. So I grabbed the computer and I walk into the bathroom. I was like, hey Steph, I need to tell you something. She looks at me, she's like, "What? what's that? I was like, I'll get to that. I was like, Are you, can, can I tell you something really, you know, really important? She's like, sure. So I just dump it all on her. I'm like, I know you know that 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 I watch porn, You know, I've tried to get you to do it with me. I'm sorry about that, that wasn't right of me. Um, I don't think you understand like the, the depth of this issue as banned. It's been something that at this time I was like, it's been something I've struggled with. You know, I consumed it publicly, not publicly, like in front of people, but you know, in, in, in private public places. Um, but I want to let you know, like I had a conversation with Zach yesterday and I'm, I'm, I'm committed to getting out of my life. By this point, she's like in tears. She's confused. I'm starting to cry I was like, I don't know what I don't know what's gonna happen here, but like, I'm I'm serious about this. Like, I'm so committed. I want to show this to you. I want to show you how committed I am, Stephanie. I literally took the laptop and I ripped it apart. You know how the laptop has a flap? I was able uh-huh. to rip the flap completely apart, so I was holding two different pieces of a laptop in my hand. She's like, What just happened? Wow. And and our relationship was a little rocky at, at that point, so it kind of ended awkwardly. It was like I dumped all this on her, and it was like, Okay, bye. Like, I know you got to go. I got to go too. Like, bye. Yeah. Um, Cause I had to get outside and I had, to, I, had to call, I called Zach and Zach, was like, I just want to let you know, like I kept my commitment dude. like, here's a laptop. Like I'm about to throw it away. So that was the first call. Second phone call was actually a Marco Polo. Um, Zach, Josh and I use this video messaging app called Marco Polo. Um, we've been using it for, for years. So I shot a video to Josh. Now Josh didn't know, like I hadn't had the conversation with him. Zach was okay. the only person that I'd had this conversation with. So I opened up the marker and I was like, hey, gosh, I just need to tell you something. You've known me for a really long time. Here's this thing that I've kept a secret from you, but here's what happens. I share the whole story. I show him the laptop. I show me throwing the laptop into the dumpster. And right then and there, like I look back at the camera and this is the way the, the, the video ends. I still have it on my phone. I go and watch it every once in a while because it just gives me this feeling of like that was the day that everything changed for you. Like I stopped as I'm ending the call and I look into the camera and I was like, I don't know where this goes from here, but this is the beginning of something way bigger than me. Hmm. And that was the end of it.
0: Wow. So, okay, so this is kind of where I think things really start to head towards what you're doing now. Um, So obviously you get saved, um, so that part's there. And then it's kind of cool to hear the interplay between your relationship with Stephanie, um, sort of this, this growth and development. By the way, uh, my brother actually goes to the same church as Vince Del Monte. I d I didn't realize you had that kind of connection with him, so that's really cool. Um and I have a bunch of friends who are uh who are connected with him. So that's kinda of cool. Not
1: not for long. Uh, Vince is uh Vince is on his way to Nashville.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, there yeah you they're go. selling there. he's
1: actually in Nashville uh today picking out the, the furnishings for they're building they're building a home down there. So yeah, he won't be in Toronto much longer. But yeah, Vince is a, a very dear friend. Um, somebody I I consider a mentor to these days, but he's and he's a very close, close friend of mine.
0: That's cool, man. Really cool. So obviously, um, you know, you knew this was the start of something bigger, and we are getting an idea of what that bigger thing is. You're helping guys get free of porn. You're coaching. Um, your podcast is phenomenal. Um, you're doing a lot of really good things, I think, in this space to help guys get free. I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about how um, how your faith has played into this. Um, are you and Stephanie still together? And I guess I'm wondering how fitness plays into this as well. Because to me, that's one of my favorite things about you, man. And what you do is I think you offer a a real cool, um, just a cool flavor of the recovery process that involves uh, looking after your body and really taking care of your physical fitness. Not that like that alone is going to get you free of porn, but there is something that comes with the discipline, seeing even the physical results that I can totally see why that would play into what you're doing here. I am wondering if you can just kind of tie up some of those loose ends and explain a little bit of your philosophy that helps guys get free of porn today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll answer the, the, the Stephanie question first, because um, we'll just get it out of the way. Um, no, we're, 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 we're not together. Um, she okay. was with me in the early stages of launching uh, the Superman life. Um, she was talked about quite a bit. At one point, I wanted to get her on there. Um, but as I got kind of deeper in, in, into some of the work here, I realized the, like the dynamics between our relationship, we're never really healthy from the beginning. And this is why, you know, now these days, like I'm very big on, you know, uh, non-premarital or, or premarital sex. like I'm, I'm against it. Like, uh, cause I realized like the issues that it brought in, in, into my life. So I was, I was very deeply in lust with, with Stephanie. And I think I had that confused, uh, with love. She's an amazing mm-hmm. woman. And, and I, 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 I don't want to ever sound like I'm I'm speaking from her from a negative lens because I don't think I'd be standing here today if it wasn't for her. Like she was a very big important reason as to why I wanted to change from the beginning. But there were just too there were too many issues in between the two of us and and, and probably due to even some of like our worldviews. Um as I've grown and mature and, and get more clear on kind of how I see and believe things should should be, I'm realizing that there were things that were there, but I just wasn't aware of them that that now as I as I will eventually get back into to the dating world like I'm, I'm very clear on avoiding certain things. So yeah, no, we, we aren't together anymore. Um, you know, my, my faith is kind of the, the most important thing or it's not kind of it is the most important thing in in my life. I mean, I believe that that we were all created for a very, you know, particular purpose. Like there's a calling on each, each one of our lives. And, and this has been the Genesis of, of where the podcast started. So the way that everything worked is podcast came first because what comes out of that February to kind of may window, that kind of rebooting period, everything changed in my life. The way that I started to show up, the way that I began to see the world, the, the way that I began to see other people, like everything changed coming from somebody. And and, and I I don't say this in a way to like toot my own horn, but I had accomplished and succeeded not everything, but, but I had had some accomplishments that, that I was, I don't want to say I was proud of them, but, but they were, they were, they were successful. I had a bodybuilding career. I had succeeded in business. I succeeded uh, socially. Like I was like, I was a known individual in around the community here. So for me, understanding that, that all that success was not really who I was or what I was supposed to be doing has shifted now to understanding that the purpose of my life is is to help and support other men. Like like there's a coaching component to everything that I do. So the whole podcast started because I wanted to get my story. There was a small audience back then that listened to what I say. I mean, the company wasn't successful, but we we had built a little bit of an audience. And I said, okay, if somebody that had studied personal development, if somebody that had studied high performance, if somebody that had studied all these principles of success, still struggled with this, then what are the other guys out there that, that don't have that background that I do? They're not yeah. to anything to handle some of the things that, 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 that I've been able to go through. So maybe there's value to me just sharing what I've gone through. So I started the podcast just to get my story out there. Um, I didn't think it was going to become a business. I'd actually taken a job, uh, with a marketing agency. So I was, I was working full time in an agency at this point and running the fitness business kind of part-time on the side. I was like, okay, this (laughs) fitness business isn't going to be the main thing anymore. Um, so the, 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 the podcast became more of a passion than anything. There was no coaching behind it. There was no monetization model behind it. It was like, let me just have these conversations. I was, I was a huge consumer of podcasts. Um, so I, I enjoyed the type of content because I think there's something really powerful when you can just consume things while you're doing other stuff. And just ha- being able to be in somebody's ear you know, for an hour is, is incredibly powerful. So yeah. the podcast started just for me to get my story out there um and then over you know the first six months like the the messaging began to change instead of people saying frank thank you for your workout tip they were like thank you for your conversations thank you for your vulnerability thank you for for having the conversations that most men aren't willing to have so that's the mm-hmm. first change that that happened then a few months later it can you help me started to come like what do you mean no i can't help you like I, I just i just made a decision one day like you go make a decision and this gets you into where i believe the fitness has played a major role because I don't want to say it was easy, but I made it. I made a decision one day, and I never looked back. And I realized, like, I believe that a man will only struggle with getting porn out of his life for one of two reasons: he either lacks the belief system in in himself, he doesn't believe that he can succeed, because I know he's probably tried and failed before. And if you've tried and failed before, and if you tried and failed again, you tried and failed again to believe that you can succeed this time. It's, it's, it's always going to be linear and there's that limiting belief. So he's going to fail due to the belief system or due to the character traits. And, and this is mm-hmm. not a knock on anybody because character traits aren't something that you're born with. They're something that are developed over time. Um, and character traits, I believe, for me, were built through the disciplines that I developed through bodybuilding. So I believe both of those can be acquired through a physical transformation. I believe that if you can get into a fitness plan, if you begin to find success in changing your body, because with a porn reboot, you know, it may be weeks it may sometimes be months for you to begin to really notice and experience the change you can you can see daily progress of like not doing the things that you don't want to do but to actually experience and feel the benefits it takes a, it takes a time it takes a window of time some people's three months some people six months some people's longer than that due to all these kind of you know mechanisms firing firing in our brain but with a yeah. fitness transformation by saying i'm dedicated to a structured plan i'm dedicated to a structured routine i will begin to notice and feel changes not instantly but <laughs> Within the first one or two weeks if the program is put together the right way your body will begin to feel better you'll begin to feel more healthy your clothes will begin to fit better so i believe that is a tool that can be used to develop a belief system of if i stay consistent with something the results will come and the character traits because discipline is built over time by choosing what you want most over what you want now so when you dedicate to a fitness plan or a nutrition plan and you have to make the choice of do I want to eat this plan that eat this food that is on my meal plan, or do I want to eat the cookie that tastes really, really good? Every time you acknowledge that you're making the right choice, you're reinforcing that behavior of doing the things that you want most versus what you want right now. So one of the mm-hmm. reasons why fitness sits at the foundation of everything we do, because I believe they're tools to give the man a belief system and character traits in and of himself to find success in the other things that we're going to be doing.
0: That's so fantastic. And I, I think it's really true. I, um, I'm i a huge Jerry Seinfeld fan. And um, I listened to his interview with Tim Ferriss, which I think was at the end of last year. And I was actually surprised to hear, because um, Tim, Tim Ferriss had asked him, like, you know, what are some of your routines and regimens that you've just integrated into your daily life over, you know, three, four decades in showbiz? And so he talked about, you know, he writes jokes for about an hour every day. That's just his practice. No surprises there. And then he said weight training. He, he just said the discipline of of weight training of like pushing yourself against some sort of resistance um doing that on a regular basis he said it's helped him combat depression it's helped him mm-hmm. stay creative and it's helped him just stay quite vibrant you know and you see him on his show now he's in his late 60s the guy looks great he's still super spry and there's something to be said about fitness that i think translates into whatever area of life people are in so you know those who are listening and our guys are vip members who are watching you know um like it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in Uh, or what you do for a living, like those benefits of fitness are universal. And I think you've tapped into something really cool there, Frank. I love that. Um, The other thing I want to hear you talk about is fasting. Um, You're one of the first people that I heard kind of integrate that into their program. I'm I'm big on fasting myself. I fast 24 hours every week, and I've done some longer fasts as well. Uh, But I'm just wondering if you can talk about about the philosophy of it and and then the impact that you're seeing it have on your guys. 100%
1: and it it really ties into, you know, what I just shared there with the fitness uh, side of things because, you know, the fasting is built into the nutritional component of our fitness plan inside of inside of our program. But we have our guys do exactly the same thing. We do a weekly uh, 24 hour fast. You know, you can choose the 24 hours. I prefer to do a dinner to dinner, um, Saturday to Sunday just works easy for for my schedule. Sundays are a little bit more lax. They're not as physically demanding for me, not doing a whole lot of work these days on on Sunday. So it's just easy to eat a good, Clean, healthy, heavy meal on, on Saturday dinner around six, seven o'clock, and then just fast all day Sunday while we're at church, kind of doing chores and and whatnot. We also use a forty-eight hour fast in week two of our program, um, and it's and, and that serves a very uh, functional purpose. So we've integrated it for three specific reasons. There's there's a faith component to all the work that we do. You know, we have we have we have weekly scripture study, we have prayer in all of our all our weekly calls, and you know when I, the company is helping men quit porn through faith and, and fitness. So it does sit at the, the, the philosophy of, of our company, but we're called through the Bible, you know, multiple times, dozens of times to, to fast and seek the presence of the Lord. So in week two, one of the exercises that we have the guys do, it's kind of planning out the future life without pornography. And I think in, in a time where you're kind of planning out what you want out of life and the man that you're trying to become, I think it's important to be aligned with, with God and, and, in and, and those moments and have him with you there. So we use the fasting specifically in the week two for that purpose, spiritual connections, spiritual clothing, being cro- closer to the father. Also believe that that fasting is a tool that can be used to develop willpower and discipline, just like I told you with, with making certain choices in, in what you want to eat. Same thing applies when you're forced to go 48 hours or when you're asked to and you choose to go 48 hours without food, you will experience uh, a little bit of hunger, not like chew my arm off like can't can't deal with it but there's gonna be moments and i think what you realize when when you understand more about nutrition and kind of how the brain works and whatnot and i've interviewed some psychologists who actually uh works with people breaking binge eating um we looked at the brain and whatnot and kind of how the brain fires with certain foods is very similar to kind of the dopamine responses that you get with uh with porn so many times what we, we think is hunger is is really just your brain is seeking kind of a pleasure uh, or, or a hit of dopamine. But what you learn through fasting is you learn how to quickly just say no and suppress that. And you'll realize that that feeling is only gonna be short-lived. The minute you suppress it, you don't feed into it. You don't give into it. And you learn to take your brain somewhere else. You take your thoughts somewhere else. Because that feeling went away. So later on in the program, when you're dealing with triggers, when you're dealing with urges, you realize those aren't real things. Like you don't need a sexual release. Like it's something, there's something neurological There's something that's kind of sitting behind the brain is calling for something. The feeling is very similar. So you learn to suppress it over here. So you can then use that as a tool later on on to suppress it from from the urge or pull to porn. Yeah, that's the second reason is it helps you, you know, develop discipline. In what you're doing. And once again, when you make those choices, it's acknowledging what you're doing to reinforce the proper uh, behavior patterns. Um, and then thirdly. I had Dave Asprey on, on the show. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's oh, the founder yeah. of Bulletproof Coffee. Uh yeah, he wrote yeah. an incredible book called called Fast This Way. He shared this with me is is willpower is nothing more than having the necessary energy to make the proper choice when faced with a difficult decision. So we realize mm. we have an energy bank of like decisions. You can only make a certain amount of decisions throughout the day. This is where decision fatigue comes into play. It's a real real thing. This is why I think it's important to have structure in your day. It's important to have set routines that you do so you don't have to make choices. So you can leave that that energy to make the really important decisions, whether it's centered around your company, your family, whatever, wherever season you are in life. But realizing that a lot of guys struggle with pornography late into the evening due to lack of willpower because they've used up all their energy because they made all the decisions throughout the day. But if every time you eat, A, for one, that's a choice and decision you have to make what food am I going to eat, but also the, the, the processing of food takes energy, it literally takes neurons to process the food like your body is using energy. This is why fasting is a hack and tool for longevity, because because we're all working on a time clock. And every time you consume something food wise, your body is having to process that and it's like it's, it's draining, draining the tank. So if we can learn to fast early in the morning, saving up that energy. So later in the evening, when faced with those difficult decisions, we have the necessary energy to make the proper choices. Mm, um, and then there's good. some other really cool things that Dave talked about, you know, with like when you when you learn to fast, kind of some of your other senses get elevated, so you get a better sense of physical awareness, a better sense of visual, spatial awareness is as well. I think that just helps guys in kind of some of their decision-making as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I, I think that there's uh, there's a lot of wisdom you dropped there. I hope guys are taking notes. Um, if while you're listening, it's okay for you to do that, because I think that was really rich. Um, okay, I want to ask kind of one last thing before we wrap up here. Um, you've been posting some really cool testimonials lately on your page and um, just about the transformation that, that guys are experiencing in your program. And for me personally, I, I just never get tired of hearing these stories because I think um, it just never gets old, you know, to hear about how guys found ways to, to overcome pornography. And it, it, you and I both know it, it has so little to do with overcoming pornography. It's about restoring relationships. It's about people getting their spiritual lives together and walking in their calling, pursuing their dreams. That's really what this is all about. And, and I'm seeing that happen through your programs and in the stories you're sharing. Um, I wonder if you can share maybe a story with us, something recent or um, something that's particularly poignant um, just, to, just to give a little bit of hope to some of the guys listening who are, you know, maybe not quite there in their journey yet.
1: Yeah. Um... And, and I'll share one but you like it, it may be one of the ones that you're referencing but it's just been a, it's it's an incredible story so I had a young man he was he was up in Canada somewhere uh chiago um came to me uh through through a referral recommendation I'm not exactly sure how we got how we got connected but he was in med school and and he was engaged and and, and the wedding was in like like four months, you know, and our program is, is four months long. So he came in incredibly busy, you know, due to his work and due to planning, you know, planning a wedding and and, and, and whatnot. So he was excited to get started. Um, but one of the things we do in our program is 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 in the second month, there's uh, there's a service oriented project where you're asked to just kind of go out and give some of your time to to the community. Um, his was his was 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 different due to. COVID circumstances, not a lot of places were open and due to the time availability that he had. So he brought me the idea. He said, Hey, I don't really have time to go anywhere. Like I'm literally at school and at home. All that's all I have. He's like, are you okay with me just maybe offering? Cause he was like, he was, he was really getting his scheduling in place. One of the things we were really focusing on was him perfecting his schedule. Are you okay with me just offering maybe free phone calls to other college students? uh to help them with their structure and, and, and some of their habits i said sure as long as it's in service of other people then i'm very happy with anything that you're doing so he started doing this he had about five or six calls planned um and he started feeling these and and what came out of one of those calls was like actually the person asking him like hey i really love this call but I think i need more help like do you have like a program or like do you coach and, and help people once again this is a med school student like pursuing a a doctorate like so he's got his he's got his future already planned so he comes to me the next week he's like frank he's like i know you know how to build businesses like is this something you think can happen and i was like dude like let's go like we're gonna make yeah. this thing happen so we had like eight more weeks in in the program and literally in that eight weeks like we were able to help him like get his program together like start taking sales calls any any he he, i think he made his investment into the program like 3x just in the last eight weeks um and then obviously you know he went out and um you know the the wedding went amazing i was able to to tune in remotely and and see some of that um yeah his life is i mean it's it's radically different now i mean he was able to start and launch a business he was able to get closer with his wife while still staying you know, at the top of his class in med school. So today, you know, I think he's got a semester or two before he gets into, you know, the actual work side of that, but he's still running this profitable business that was all built out of like an eight, like an eight week window um, yeah. of, helping, of helping college students. So that was one of the best, you know, just life, life transformation. That's what, that's what I really center on doing. I was having a conversation with my uncle the other day and he's like he's like i love watching your videos he's like you know i don't he's like i don't I don't really struggle with with that i just he's like i love watching you talk he's like i really see you you know developing yourself as a speaker he's like there's something bigger like you're gonna be more than than a porn guy you're gonna be a motivational speaker and i was like i was like chuck like you know i, I am there's motivation in, in 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 what i do i'm just serving a very particular group of men um, but it's just cool because I don't really, yeah, there's, there's, there's recovery components to, to what we do. But what I really try to help guys do is remove the barriers in life that are holding them back from truly stepping into the life that I believe each one of them was created to live. Because when you're walking that life, when you're walking in that purpose, there's no place for porn to enter. And that's what I believe where, where freedom is found is when you get clear on who you are on who you're trying to become and you show up every day with the intention of becoming that that man but yeah we've had a lot of uh really really powerful transformation there have been a couple businesses started there's been promotions gained there's been new jobs landed there's been breakthroughs with some of the entrepreneurs like hitting record months um there's been physical transformations there's been uh marriages and relationships rebuilt but probably you know the, the the greatest gift that i have is when I help the man either, you know, reestablish his relationship with Christ, uh, mm. or bring him for for the first time, because I believe as believers uh, and, and Christians, our, our, our greatest call first is to create disciples. Um, yeah. So a lot, a lot of what we do there is, is centered around, you know, sharing, sharing that good news.
0: I love that, man. I think it's really incredible what you're doing. Um, I'm not surprised you're getting those kinds of results because I think uh, I think you got something really special and I think more guys need it. And, um, and that's to me, that's my favorite part because I, I, the way I always say is that Game for Your porn is just the first ripple in the pond, you know, or it's the stone in the pond, so to speak, but it's the ripples that are really cool to see. And, um, I mean, you've changed that guy's life and that guy's going to be a doctor, uh, or maybe he's going to be an entrepreneur or maybe he'll be both, but one way or another, he's going to go on to impact so many more lives. Um, so it's amazing, man. Amazing. Um, I know our listeners are going to want to connect with you, Frank, uh, what's the best way if people want to just get a little bit more, uh, of a taste of the superhuman life.
1: Yeah, well, well, the podcast is on it's on Apple, Spotify, you know, any any platform out there. Um, if it's if it plays podcasts, you can find us. Just search the Superhuman Life. Superhuman is is two words. Um, if you you know, if you want so the podcast we you know we'll we'll have conversations like we did here today but it's kind of grown and expanding you mentioned we had dr Caroline leaf we had you know we had we had dave on, so we've kind of molded and shifted to more of a overall high performance personal development so we get a lot of doctors on a lot of you know just i don't i don't like to use the word gurus but coaches and in kind of the men's space so it's not always about addiction if you want that stuff uh we we do daily videos on our youtube channel uh, which is rebuild your life uh literally every single day we haven't missed a monday through friday since july 28th of last year something i'm really proud of um and then um instagram would be maybe the best place to connect with me if anybody you know wants to have a conversation with me just find me on yeah. instagram at the super the superhuman frank um and then i have a book i don't know if you'd be okay with me you know sharing a free book of course or- man of course yeah so i wrote the seven step guide to living life without porn um and it's, it's really centered around what I believe is the process to create a life that you can live without pornography. Um, and that can be downloaded at the seven seven is spelled out. So the seven just put your email address and we'll, we'll send you the book really. And it's a short ebook. Um, but it, you know, walks you through those, those seven steps that, uh, that we built our entire coaching business off of.
0: Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, man. You're, you're doing an incredible thing. And, uh, to me like one of the cool byproducts of getting into the space has been meeting guys like you and and hearing about the work you're doing and seeing the way you're impacting lives so um you got lots of fans here deep clean we're cheering you on man and thanks so much for being on the podcast today this has been a treat
1: awesome thank you for having me